There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. New Toyota showrooms now open in Glasgow and Hamilton. Let's go! So, wins for both sides. Big top two Celtic at home to Livingston. And for Rangers, 3 0 win at Tynecastle. That was probably. Match of the night. Andy, no change at the top. It's exactly the same number of points, same number of goal difference. Yeah, I think we're seeing how strong Celtic and Rangers are. I mean, Michael Beale can't do much more than when he came into the job than the results he's had, but Celtic have been equally as impressive. And I think that's why it's just so difficult to overturn a, a nine-point gap. You're looking for Celtic losing four games? I can't see it. Leanne, for Rangers, so much has been said about Morelos. You know, maybe for the wrong reasons, he's not been at his best, but my goodness, he was back last night. He was, he was back at it last night. A really strong performance, a team performance. And, you know, I liked Michael Beale's comments after the game when he spoke about his celebrations that had it been different, it would have perhaps looked like he was wanting away and he wasn't happy at the club and he was looking to move on. But he certainly looked like a striker that in this moment is looking to prove how good he is, whether that's for the team or for the next move. We will need to wait and find out, but I thought it was a, an all-round very good performance from Rangers last night. And a big win for St Mirren up at Pataudry. Could they end up third in the table? Certainly looks as though they could well be top six, Andy. I know this is a long way to go, but a great night for Stephen Robinson. Yeah, they've been brilliant. Normally he associates St Mirren with uh, their good home record, but to go to Pataudry and win uh, was terrific, albeit against an Aberdeen team down to 10 men. And I think we need to get away from this red card for everything. The threshold for a red card is so low and I just wish, if there was any way we can keep players on the pitch, let's try and do that rather than if there's any way we can send them off, let's do that. It's it's not a good look. And when you slow everything down, yeah, and, you know, the Ross McCrory, the, the slam on his feet you think well that does look bad but when you see it in real time Leanne should it have been a red card? No I don't think so um, when I looked at it and I've looked at it back and I've had some debates with some media friends mm. as well over the last you know 24 hours or thereabouts since it happened I think if you look back over even the last five games of Ross McCrory and you look at the way he motors up and down the pitch and the amount of times that he actually rides a challenge and looks to try and stay in his feet there's umpteen examples that would be very, very similar. I don't think there was any intent in what he was doing last night. I understand that the referees now are forced to look at it, the point of contact, the force, the endangering the opponent. And at some point, if you tick enough boxes, they will come to the conclusion that it's a red card. But I think in, you know, in real time, as you say, Paul, when you first see it, for me, I don't think there's any intent from Ross McCrory. I think the fact that he's fouled as well is so frustrating when you are when you are Ross McCrory and you yep. go home last night and you're faced with the fact that you're probably looking at what I think it'll be a three match ban possibly for violent conduct. We we is should what take, it would be deemed that or yeah, serious foul we, play. Yeah, we should take a leaf out of the referees at the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Yep. Make the bar really high for a red card, even even a yellow. 
I totally get it. Sometimes players are absolutely stupid and deserve a red card. But if there's any way you can keep them on, uh, make the entertainment high for those that are paying money to see good football, uh, let's try and keep them on. Instead of trying to find any sort of way that we can send a player off, it's it's a dreadful look I think we've got in Scottish football just now with our use of VAR. And you mentioned entertainment. Danny Armstrong entertained the Kelly fans last night. Leanne. Brilliant, That's isn't he? Massive win for them. His form and his yeah. performances have been excellent. You know, a lot of people have, have spoke about him. Actually, wondered where there would be interest in the the transfer window because he, he's a player that certainly is producing for Kilmarnock. Um, and he produced again last night. Huge win for them, as, as you mentioned. And Derek McInnes will be hoping that his side can start to motor now because we know how tight it is at, at that bottom end of the table. Andy was over your way. I'm speaking to Leanne as a Motherwell women's <laughs> team member. Big weekend coming up. But Andy, you went to see your old team last night. They desperately needed a win, even a draw. It wasn't to be at home to St. Johnson. So disappointed and really worried about Motherwell because the level of performance was way off it. You heard as much from Stevie Hamill in his post-match interview booze ringing round uh, the stadium even before half time and St Johnston themselves were on a poor run but I thought they battered Motherwell they were they were pretty much dominant all over the pitch and more than worth their two goal victory and Nicky Clark that made a difference having him on the way yeah. that first goal the way he set it up because yeah. um, quite rightly their uh, appeal was successful the day before yeah it's just yeah. another example of how often our referees are getting it wrong and that's even with uh, the use of VAR so uh, it's not been a good introduction at all but I was glad to see him take to the field last night again he's a player that I like to watch he's an entertainment entertaining player uh, beautiful how he set up that goal mm. for Dre Wright last night and uh, he along with uh, Stevie May will be a threat to Celtic at the weekend 08, 08 17 17 700 you know the voices Leanne Crichton Andy Walker, Paul Cooney. Give us a call or join the conversation at Golf Football Show. We're going to hear from two of the top managers in a moment or two, but about half an hour ago you were both speaking to, well, he could be manager of the year. Not Ange <laughs> Postacoglu, I'm not saying he won't be, nor Michael Beale, he might be Michael Kennedy. Mick Kennedy was in the building, so uh, you know him well, Leanne? I do, yeah, yeah. I, I know him well. Um, delighted for him, delighted for his side the other weekend. It was nice to see his face when arrived in the building. Yep. Today's always full of energy, positivity, some good chat as well. Um, but it, yeah, it shows you, again, how fickle football can be. They get that brilliant result against... Aberdeen and then they, they went on and lost at the weekend and um, that certainly brings you back down to earth as a, a football manager. I think that's why they say you can never get too high and, and never get too low. Um, but no, it's fantastic and they'll be looking forward to the next round of the Cup as well. I think they won last night at uh, Clyde Bank. Andy, he's certainly transformed things, hasn't he, for Darville, along with the owner. It's just amazing what they do and I keep thinking about the state of the pitch there, which was magnificent. Yeah, I think it's just a fabulous story. Undoubtedly, in, in my view, the biggest Scottish Cup upset that uh, I've ever heard of, and there, there's been a few down the years. Of but all time for you? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't think anything comes close to that. The six-tier team uh, taking on one of our top clubs and not just beating them, outplaying them, playing better football and... Um, the whole the whole setup there looks absolutely terrific. So it was good to speak to Mike also about just junior football. That was how I got a break in the game and eventually got a chance at Motherwell. It was a nice pathway for me because I was a bit of a a late developer. So um, I, I really enjoyed my I, my year in junior football. 
and of course the big game coming up if Stephen McGinn had been in it would be interesting wouldn't it the other night uh, we had Stephen on that's going to be some game and a big game you've got tomorrow night at Queen's Park we are Queen's Park against Live on the Air. telly yeah, against first Air. again second one point separates the sides and off the back of the, the transfer window as well so no some huge games in the championship we know how tight that league is anyway watch their United take five off of Cove mm-hmm. which was brilliant last Friday night um, they're certainly looking in form Let's get back to the biggest two. So both of them winning 3-0 last night. Here's Ange Postacoglu speaking about their top scorer, Kyogo. He was great tonight. He really made some great runs. And um, again, when, when you've got a team that sits so deep, you need somebody who can break the line. And uh, he did it consistently. And, you know, every time we found him, he was a threat. But like you said, he took his goal really well. And, uh, you know, continues his goal scoring form. 18 goals, Andy. The team on fire, 3-0 up at half time. What about Kyogo's goal, the way he took it? Well, it, it, the way he takes most goals, there's a just ice cool. I, I, I really loved the one recently where he did the, the little lob yeah. over. I think that was at Celtic Park as well. But uh, his movement is absolutely terrific. He doesn't get involved in a lot of the build-up play. You know, mm-hmm. He just wants to be fed in and around the 18-yard box or over the top. And invariably, he's onto it in a flash and he gets a, gets a shot away. It's been a... I think he's a, a a better player this season than he was last. He's getting used to Scottish football. He's getting sharper. And obviously, he's, he's scoring at a better rate, I think. Here's Andrew's take on the game overall. Again, another strong performance. Um, as you said, we, we started the game really well and uh, controlled it. And, you know, got our goals. And, you know, I thought, yeah, again, we controlled it in the second half. Obviously, we didn't get the goals. But, you know, um, yeah, they still sat back even at 3-0. So it was hard for us to sort of get the space we needed. But even then, you know, we still had some chances. They played well, but probably could have been, could have been more in the second half. It could have, yes. Yeah, they created some decent half chances at yeah. least, but they dominate the ball so much. Celtic, I think you're always going to be up against it. Credit to Livingston, the fact that you know we've seen many sides lose two or three goals in the first half, and it becomes just shoot in in the second. But they managed to keep the the back door closed, and I'm sure Davy Martindale will take positives from that. But I think Celtic had other gears that they could have gone through last night it just shows you the quality that they've got the strength and depth and goals again from all over the pitch Greg Taylor got one of them I thought we had good control to be honest the whole first half it was just a matter of time of taking the chance or having a moment and once we got that first moment uh, it makes it more difficult for Livingston because their plan is to frustrate and then they've got to come out a wee bit more and we had the chance to capitalise that in the first half I mean for him important to come back and make his mark I mean everyone's praising him this year but they've got so many players uh, playing so well he'll be pleased to be back in and scoring they have I actually think they miss him though when he doesn't play I think they're a better side with Taylor um, in the team I think you've got good options they've got that rotation they've got the luxury of rotation if and when they need it in different matches but even in the Greenock Morton game he didn't feature and I was there at Celtic Park and I just thought you could see that there was a lack of consistency and fluidity to the way that they play and now he's popping up with odd goal here and there as well I think you can see the confidence in Greg Taylor and he needs to enjoy this mm. season as well You know, I think he's worked really hard to get to this level and to get the recognition for the hard work that he's put in, took his goal really well. What a brilliant finish! Take nothing away from that last night. Andy, Greg Taylor, ex Kilmarnock, took a bit of time for people to really appreciate him. What do you make of him? Yeah, I think it's great to see uh, someone like that coming from a club like Kilmarnock. Maybe you know taking over from Kieran Tierney is always going to be really difficult, but he has fitted in so well. I think he's such an important part of the way Celtic plays. Some of his passing is absolutely terrific and it just shows you what can be done with good coaching because I think he's a, a much better player 
under Ange Postecoglou than he, he was in his uh, previous time at, at Celtic or Kilmarnock. And what about Dyson Maeda? Contender for goal of the season a few weeks ago. Maybe not so much that one last night. Just cannoned off him. Just be <laughs> in the right place at the right time. You'll yeah. take that. Even a, a, it might have been a bit of a sore one for him, but uh, he's another one who just gives his heart and soul in every performance. You could almost see the tears coming down. Yeah. <laughs> but he's thinking, I'm live on television. Well, not live on television. None of it was. Um, but uh, Maeda gets another goal last night. No, he's relentless. <laughs> and yeah. he's he's always in those, those problem areas for a defender. He, he never never gives anything up even in moments you might think you're comfortable you've got a moment to clear it uh, as Livingston would have felt last night and, and at times when I, I speak to my players as well and over the years I, I try and not give away the likes of corners too easily so it would have been easy last night for Livingston just to turn the ball behind but you know what you're trying to do as a defender is clear your box but Maeda is always alive, he's always alert um, and he gets the, the luck of the, the ball last night, although it might have been a bit sore, as you say, for a few minutes after. He's a pest in a way, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's everywhere. constant. Yeah, he, he tracks back. So. And that's why he's yeah. so good, though. That's yeah. why he's so good for the team. And as I say, he makes bad passes. I remember, I think, it was, again, it was at the Morton game. David Turnbull plays a pass and it's completely overhitting the wrong side of him. Mm-hmm. And many other players would have just looked at it and it would have been out of the pitch and you would have... But he... he he sprinted as hard as he could to get there and keep the ball in and almost saved David Turnbull's blushes yeah. for the yeah. fact that it was a poor pass. And that's what it is. He's a really good teammate. He's somebody that you want there all the time because if you've lacking a bit of energy or you've not got that half yard, he'll go and cover it for you. You watch him and he works for every single player on the pitch. We'll hear from Michael Beale shortly and he's got an interesting take on Morellas and the criticism that came the way of the Rangers striker. But here's a bit more from Angie. He's been speaking to Celtic TV today, as was Greg Taylor. What about Dyson? He's always in the right areas, you know, and uh, he was tonight. You know, he just uh, is a constant menace if, if you're picking him up. Um, he's always going to be making those runs. He's always going to be in the areas he's supposed to be and that's why he gets his goals. And on his captain? Yeah, just got a whack on the nose and, um, you know, he's fine and... Um, yeah, it was a good time to, to sort of give Tomoki a bit of a run and um, obviously uh, get some, a few more minutes. So if we can get some minutes into these guys who have just come in, they'll help us um, down the stretch. Matt O'Reilly back in last night. I think as a manager, you've always got to think sometimes, what if he doesn't play? Who can I turn to? And whether it's Callum McGregor, any of the wide players, Matt O'Reilly, Hatati, I think there's always a good option, a really strong option. And that's why sometimes you can look at Celtic starting 11 and think, well, hang on a minute, I could look at the bench, maybe bring four or five of them on in place and they would still be strong, if not stronger. And I think that is obviously the beauty of that Celtic squad at the moment. Matt O'Reilly, I think for me, when he arrived, he set the bar so high. Every single performance was immaculate. Uh, but I think world-class footballers produce those types of performances continuously. And I think really good footballers at times go through stages where they drop off and they don't produce the same level of quality. And that was all that happened to Matt O'Reilly for a couple of games. I don't think he was executing things as well as he could. Um, I think you could see there was a frustration in his game. There were certain moments and it's okay when you're winning games like that. Brilliant that you've got the luxury to go and change it because they've got so much quality and strength to the team. But I don't think there's anything wrong with taking him out the limelight, allowing him to just refocus, watch the players on the pitch, make him a bit more hungry. And then he gets back in and he takes his opportunity. He's a fantastic footballer. He's a brilliant operator. I think we forget that just over a year ago he was playing for MK Dons. And in recent months he's been playing against Real Madrid. I mean, how do you make that step up? I know, and that's what I mean. And that When yeah. you make that step yeah. and you do it 
as seamlessly as what Matt O'Reilly made it look and you produce those performances, then the expectation is there that you produce those types of performances all the time. And I think his manager had clearly seen that that wasn't happening. And as I say, you take him back out of the team and you put them in. But everybody just now at Celtic, are, they're performing really well. So how do you pick a starting eleven from that group? It's so, so tough. Um, but I think he's been outstanding since he arrived at Celtic. He's a, he's a really nice footballer to watch, I think, the way he plays the game. And his assist last night over the top for Kyogo his delivery in the left-hand side for the one that comes back off Maida is a world-class delivery as well because it's zipped in with pace. It's so difficult to defend against and that's why Maida gets a break of the ball. Andy, do you remember that step up when you went from Motherwell at a really good level but then you were playing at Celtic, you are playing in Europe. Did you have a, a period where you thought you dipped a little bit? Just Yeah, as soon as I arrived no. at uh, <laughs> Parkhead, I think you, I think no. you realise that you very quickly have to improve your game of training. I think I've told you before when you'd step into training with Roy Aitken and Tam Burns yeah. and Paul McStay mm-hmm. and players of that calibre um, you very quickly need to get up to speed because it's it's maybe half a yard quicker than what I was used to at Motherwell and uh, just even the will to win training games mm-hmm. which uh, you always took on to a Saturday and um, I think players just want to have that opportunity to see if you can do it because players will always yep I can do that I can do that you just want the chance to show everyone that you're you're comfortable in a certain environment and that's what we're seeing from so many of these uh, Celtic players very comfortable in this environment and I've got to say I don't think they looked out of place in Europe I know the results weren't great but I thought Celtic competed well Clean sheets, six in a row. Here's Greg Taylor speaking about it. A lot of boys contributing to that. It's not the, not just not just the defenders, not just Hartley. It's the whole team. You start it starts with Kyogo's press, and then Owen comes on, and even the ones that there's been lots of boys contribute to that. So yeah, um, really pleased with that. They nearly lost the goal though, Leanne, and it was uh, Starfelt got caught out. They again. did, they did, and it Bruce came off Anderson. the post. Yep, absolutely. But those are the moments you're going to ride your your luck from time to time. I think the way that you press and, and how high up the pitch Celtic are for the majority of the game, you know. 80% of the game is virtually played in the opposition half um, but you take those moments and that's why you just hope that you can react and respond and keep it out but it's impressive you know I think any good team any successful team the foundation is built on those clean sheets and good defensive records you can score as many goals as, as you want but if you leak as many it's always going to be tough and Celtic have been outstanding with that run I wonder what Rangers fans are feeling. What Michael Beale feels, he's done nothing wrong. He's only dropped two points the game against Celtic. Um, played their best football last night. I think we'd agree we'll speak about it after the break. But there's no change at the top, Leanne. Do you think that the title is over? I think so. I think so. Um, Andy touched on it earlier on. You, you're expecting or you, you would need Celtic to go and lose four games. I don't see that happening. Um, they've been far too good. They've been seamless. They've been immaculate in their performances. They're ruthless that defensive record speaks for itself. Um, I don't see it, but there's a lot of credit I think needs to go to Michael Beale as well because he could only do one thing when he came in and, and that was to keep, you know, get back to a bit of consistency within the team, um, win football matches, do the best that you possibly can and, and build for the future. And I think that future will be next season if you're looking about a, a title. But if you're looking for silverware, I think that's well within touching distance this year. There's only 24 days, 23 sleeps before... Rangers Celtic Celtic Rangers the League Cup the Viaplay Cup final I'm going to ask a question after the break will you answer Andy Walker and Leanne Crichton Morellis is he a saint or a sinner last night The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors 
Brand new Toyota showroom in Kennis Head Road, Darnley. Let's go! Thanks to Chris for the traffic and travel. Busy again as we hear tonight. Busy in here. Andy Walker, the former Celtic and Scotland star. Leanne Crichton, currently with Motherwell and formerly Scotland, 72 caps. Nailed or, it. Yep, nailed it. Only two more. <laughs> a year and a half. <laughs> and Andy, some Scotland caps as well. We're going to talk Motherwell shortly. You're both uh, obviously concerned about well, your old team, Andy, where you started off in senior football. We'll take a call or two about that in a moment or two. <clears throat> Rangers fans, last night, not a lot went wrong for Rangers at Tynecastle. They came out the traps. They ended up 3-0 winners. One from Tillman, a double from Alfredo Morelos. Now, there was controversy about the celebration of Morelos. Let's see what the manager has to say, first of all, about the celebration. I think the, the heart supporters were maybe trying to incite Alfredo for the whole 90-plus minutes. If we're going to say that players can't celebrate goals now... We might as well stop the game. There was a long stoppage for that goal and I think he went and celebrated. He was, what, 20-plus yards from him. I think a lot's made about them sort of things in Scotland that's not made. I've worked down south. I've never known this to, to be a big thing. Um, when we score our second goal and our first goal, we're two yards from their fans. And we've got to celebrate the goal. What do you want us to do? Not celebrate, and then you know everyone say he's moody and he wants away because he don't celebrate. I think Neil's passionate. He played for both clubs. He's trying to be impartial, and he said what he said. I think he'll regret that more than than maybe uh, Alfredo celebrating. So Neil, being Neil McCann, who was on at the time and gave his opinion of it, Leanne, how did you see it? I think when you listen to Michael Beale, um, he's got a point. You you score a goal and you're right in front of the, the away fans. Where do you go? I get it if he's ran 70, 100 yards from one end of the pitch to the other to go and incite an away crowd or a home crowd or whatever it may be. Um, from what I've seen in the celebrations, he he, he does what Morelis does and, and hits his, his knees and yeah. goes down and it's Alfredo Morelis celebration. I don't think there's, there's too much more to it other than the fact that it would have been a hostile environment. It's a, a huge game. I think Hearts Rangers carries that. I think, you know, Hearts, when they pack out Tynecastle, carries that noise level. And I think for an away team, that would be an absolute buzz to play in front of those type of fans. And if you get the upper hand and you go ahead in the game, then I think you need to celebrate it. Yeah. Um, and, and I said that at the top of the show, what Michael Beale had, had spoke about, had he, you know, strutted away and had the moody face and the shoulders down and didn't look like he was happy to be making a difference for his team. The headlines would be really different, so I, I, I don't think Alfredo Morelos could win um, last night, whether he celebrates or not. Saint or sinner then? Saint. <laughs> I don't know if I would go as far as to call Morelos a saint, but... Um, yeah. Andy, what did you feel? I, I listened to Neil on the radio, I like Neil, and yeah. uh, when he was talking about it, I had visions of uh, Emmanuel Adebayor. Do you remember he yeah, scored for Man City? that's the one that's in And he head. ran to the Arsenal fans at the, at the yeah. other end of the pitch. Yeah. Maybe that's a bit too much, but when I saw the celebration, he was still inside the 18-yard box. And I think at your place of work, which is the football pitch, you should be able to go anywhere on that pitch and celebrate in any way you want, as long as you're not you know, giving offensive gestures. And I think the most important uh, point was made by Michael Beale about the amount of uh, offensive singing, amount of abuse that players get. And you won't hear any club... Uh, drawn attention to that because as soon as you do then you would need to take action and there is no club 
that wants to take any action against their own supporters. You had trouble. I remember you told Leanne and me on, and the listeners on the programme at Tankers, it's so tight, isn't it? Mm. You hear everything. In fact, you went over the advertising I, hoarding one I time. I remember yeah. one time, uh, mid-90s, yeah. chased a ball to the uh, touchline. Couldn't help myself. I literally fell into the first row. Got absolutely clattered on the back of the head. And uh, you just got them going with it because yeah. that's what we do. But I was asked by a policeman at the end of the game, he came into the dressing room, do you want to press charges? Not at all. Uh, that would have been even more uh, even more hassle. And the school kid was okay to get back to No, I'm joking. Here's <laughs> <laughs> just one bit more about it and then we'll talk about the Rangers' performance. Here's Michael Beale. I want him to really celebrate goals. I want the whole team to start this thing in football to do. We're a team that when we're not playing well gets everything thrown at us and when we're winning and we're winning away at home and in front of a rival that's the place behind us in the league, they were unbeaten in 10 games coming in. It was a big performance. You want people to play with passion, you want them to celebrate goals and you know, you, you, it's not inciting. He wasn't right up in front of their face. I think if you look it back, he was at least 20 yards from the byline. So I think VAR sort of stops you celebrating and then he celebrated afterwards. I think it's much to do about nothing. I think we should probably be talking about some of the abuse that comes the other way in our stadiums, not so much the players celebrating goals. Just what you were saying a moment or two ago, what about a player that he has improved again? Is he bringing him back to where he was? We're obviously talking about Ryan Kent. I wanted Ryan Kent to do a very specific job defensively and I thought it was outstanding. That goes amiss with Ryan. You know, when people talk about goals and assists, they don't see how important he is to the structure of the team. And I thought he was particularly strong last night in the way that he got around the holding midfielder of hearts. Andy, what are you saying when you watch Ryan Kent and the Michael Beale team? Yeah, I just see a better player. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Michael Beale has given him a, a bit of love. I think Ryan Kent has responded to it. Uh, if he goes, I think Rangers will really miss him. Uh, same with Morelos, they'll miss his goals, they'll miss his... Uh, just how often he scores or miss his variety of goals and it, it might cost a, a few bob to get someone in who can do a similar job so I think that's why most Strangers fans are concerned about uh, these players and their immediate future Ryan Kent, what do you feel? Much improved, yeah, much improved and I didn't hear the, the commentary last night but I'm always interested when I listen to Neil McCann speak about Rangers wingers he was one himself and, great. and very good mm, yeah. yeah. Um, and a lot of the things that he has said of late about Ryan Kent are really valid and he says when you're a Rangers winger you're expected to have an end product you're there to produce um, and that was what he showed last night even the, the cross for the Morelis um, goal is brilliant put into a really dangerous area but he has a freedom that he can go in and explore the pitch a lot more under Michael Beale I think as Andy says he's, he's been shown a bit of love or certainly that's what it looks like that he's been told that he's a valuable member of the team and if Ryan Kent plays and Ryan Kent produces the levels that he can produce and that we've seen him produce Rangers are a far better team um, for him in the side so and we know he goes right, he goes left, he can come in the pitch, he can go down the outside and I think with that brings other players into to play as well. So not much improved under Michael Beale. Do you agree Andy? It finally clicked for him with Rangers. He said that's their best performance. I don't think anyone would disagree. Yeah, it was meant to be a really tough one and I, I've yeah. seen Hearts recently. I think they've been in great form. Uh, Robbie himself has got a number of options to, to look at in a squad that for him I think is uh, developing. But... Um, they were pretty much torn apart by Rangers. Rangers were really up for it. And you can see the... I mean, neither Celtic nor Rangers have lost at home. 
Celtic have lost one away to St Mirren and Rangers have lost a couple but they are streets ahead of uh, of Hearts and the rest and Hearts themselves I think will probably get third and they'll maybe get European football again and it gives them the opportunity to you know, cement themselves as, as the best of the rest and uh, that's why you want to see the big city clubs like Hibs and Aberdeen uh, challenge them and uh, see something fresh Rangers had so many injuries they've brought a couple of players in Cantwell and Raskin uh, Michael Beale's been speaking about he's getting to where he wants to be competition for places I think competition's important individual sort of uh, goals and aims they got is important what drives someone I think I try to give them a lot of clarity and I never ask them to do anything that I don't think they can do so when I ask them to go and play I ask Glenn to be himself Todd's come into the club I've asked Todd to be himself and he's, he's at his best when he's able to be a little bit free and go and pick up certain areas and a bit more in his options listen I'm delighted I'm really happy with the two boys that we, we brought into the club but also just the return of players from injury and a little bit of uh, sort of familiarity with the style you're seeing it come out more and more in every game it's, it's what I sort of predicted would happen that if we got players fit all of a sudden we would look stronger because competition would go up and it's pleasing, but we've got another game on Saturday and I just want to focus on that now. That's it. The goes on and on, doesn't it? It doesn't stop. It's like two heavyweight boxers, the two of them just now. And the question is, do you think now that the window has closed, Leanne, what about the Rangers squad? More work to do? Is it going to be strong enough in the Cups against Celtic? I think in any one-off game, uh, any team can be strong enough. We've seen that over the years. We've seen that with Arvo when we spoke yeah. about them just a short while ago. So I think in a one-off game, uh, it won't matter as long as you've got that 11 players on the pitch that are, are you deem strong enough and good enough I think when it comes to the longevity over a season when there's many games to be played and many points are up for grabs that's where the depth of your squad really shows and I think Rangers do look a bit stronger now but I still think that come the summer it's going to be quite a turnover I think there'll be a number of players that head for the exit door um, and I think there's going to need to be at least a strong six or seven players that they bring in to really strengthen the group Do you think some of them might be people who helped to win the title two years ago? Absolutely, yeah, I don't see Alan McGregor for, yeah. for one staying on, Steve Davis we know has picked up a, a nasty injury whether you know his contract's extended or not, Scott Arfield is another one that's been there for a, a long time, um, Ryan Jack, I think there, there's chat around his contract situation as well, whether you see these players being rewarded for the loyalty that they've shown to the club or not or whether Michael Beale, you know, looks at it more appropriately to go and sign younger players with longer contracts which he's alluded to in the past and certainly that's what Raskin um, has been given he's an example of yeah. that a younger player with a lot of potential but certainly expected to go and play and perform just now It's a balance isn't it Andy because just listen to what Leanne's saying there about you know loyalty to players like Arfield any of them have been great for Rangers but you know you're up against a really strong Celtic squad you can't do anybody any favours just for yeah, sentimentality. Yeah, there's a bit of loyalty required from all managers, but equally there's sometimes there's a hard decision mm. and you need to cut loose uh, because it's a more difficult decision, but you think it's it's maybe a better one in the long run. Rangers need money to spend in the, the summer. They need to get most of their uh, targets in. Uh, they need to be successful immediately because... You, you see how consistent Celtic have been under Ange Postecoglou. It's, 
you, you don't imagine that breaking anytime soon. Here's the manager speaking about uh, Cantwell. We haven't seen much of him, but here's what he thinks so far. I thought Todd come on last night, he looked excellent, but I definitely thought it was the right team that we picked to start. I wanted to play with a lot of speed in the final third. So with Todd, Todd is very similar to Ryan, very similar to Yanis, very similar to Malik, that he's got a lot of hybrid qualities and can play in different areas. We like that type of player. When we're defending, we want to defend always in formation. When we're attacking, we want to let people go and be a little bit free. And and I think that will, will hopefully uh, make Todd enjoy his football because I think he's already clearly a very good player. It's just obviously trying to integrate him into our team. And I think it's important as well that players realise we've got we've got different types of players. I thought Fashion Zakala was very important to the game last night. And that's different to when you're playing at home and maybe you need a Todd to open a door. Away from home, there's a bit more space. You maybe need someone like Fashion. It's important we've got all types in the building. Zakala does well, doesn't he? You're never quite sure what he's going to do. He does. And he's a player for me that, you know, maybe even going back four, three, four months, was really unsure about him. Could not understand at times if he even knew what he was looking to do. And I don't mean that to sound disrespectful, but you get a lot of players that do have that natural raw pace that they don't know how to use it. Um, but he's really fine-tuned his game over the last eight, nine weeks. And, and Michael Beale would appear to have had a huge influence on that. On that. And is coaching him and allowing him to understand how you use that asset. But he's then got the end product that comes with it. He gets the assist last night for the Morelis goal. The, the delivery is excellent. Um, he gets himself into that area that the you know the penalty comes in the old firm, but he, he makes a good decision to chop back inside, and he looks like there's a, a real confidence about him. He's a happy footballer, isn't he? He's a he's a good teammate as well. You look at him and it's infectious the way that he he rubs off on other people. Even when I've looked at him coming off the bench in games that you know he. he he probably hasn't done too much wrong to be dropped out of the team and he's coming on as a sub and he, he's the one that's smiling coming onto the pitch, you know, and, yeah. and a lot of players would be would be frustrated and angry that they're only getting 10-15 minutes at the end of a game, but he's one that's come up with an end product. And Cantwell, I watched him at the weekend. I thought he looked like a player that had perhaps had someone in his ear explaining to him what it would take to get fans on side when you arrive at a club like Rangers or Celtic mm-hmm. with that... Um, the way he went about his business. I thought he worked hard, a couple of challenges came in hard on him. He thought about staying down, he got straight back up on his feet because I think player, fans don't want to see players that feel sorry for themselves. They want players that work hard, work hard for the jersey and go on with it. And he looks like he could be a top addition as well. Andy, have you seen enough of him yet? What do you think on Cantwell? Uh, I haven't seen enough of him. I just remember him as a, a really good player, played in... Uh, you know, just off the the front two, played in that ten position. He was outstanding for for Norwich for for a while. He's he's lost his way a bit, and he needs to start playing some some regular football. And I'm sure he'll uh, he needs to look at Scottish football as a challenge. It's it's uh, it's a mistake if you think you'll get an easy time up here. You're not up here just to pick up the money, yeah, exactly. are you? Um, what about Sakala then? If you were uh, managing Celtic for the game, the cup final. Do you think Sakala could cause problems to the Celtic oh, yeah. defence? Anyone with his pace yeah. will cause problems and anyone with his pace will be spoken about how to try and nullify that threat. I understand sometimes his end product isn't uh, as productive as his, you know, his pace and getting himself into good positions, but Celtic need to be aware of uh, the threat that he poses because he was, he was one of the players that got Rangers in front at Ibrox a few weeks ago and... Celtic did well to come back. He was arguably for me their best player that day. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was really good and probably surprised, you know, that, how well he did perform. And when you look at the performance last night, how many times he was able to breach that back line of, of hearts, the way they squeezed the game, I think that's what Celtic naturally looked to do as well when they pushed to get into that final third. They squeeze the game, the midfield's high, the back line are up and if you're looking to get in behind and, and play in that transitional moment and that counter-attacking style, uh, Sakala certainly gives you that outlet. That's Leanne Crichton. Leanne, can I ask you a question? You called Morton, Greenock Morton. We've got a thing here, we just call them Morton. Is it a Paisley Morton or a Dundee? Is it a BBC <laughs> Is that a Morton thing? Rose I'm thinking? I, they go on about <laughs> Greenock Morton. It's Morton. Morton. Or is that just me? Don't know. Hibernian or Hibs? I, I, it's probably I, I, just I, making sure of Hearts or Heart of Midlothian? Hearts. Hearts. I mean, let's not be silly. Where does that come from? <laughs> Adrianians. It's Airdrie. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Book your service, MOT or repair online today at macklinmotors.co.uk. Let's go! Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Paul Cooney, Leanne Crichton, Andy Walker and lots of your calls coming in now. We're going on the lines 08 08 17 17 700. Andy, this weekend, just before we go on the lines, where are you? What's your uh, Sky match? I am heading to Old Trafford. I've got a good one, oh. man. United against Crystal Palace and then up at Perth on Sunday for St Johnson Celtic no big games no just <laughs> two of the biggest games of the weekend magnificent of course Man United in the League Cup final down there and against the, Newcastle and the company of media royalty in it we are, we oh, are pretty Thursday much nights, that's I what know. it's become for exactly, me now it's yeah. unbelievable <laughs> that'll be a great final I, I mean I want Newcastle to win it what a ah, story that is it'll be phenomenal the, won't it to an army yeah. of course yeah. it's a, it, I associate yeah. Newcastle with being one of the big clubs in England yeah. when I think of them even growing up as a kid it's mm. unbelievable to think have you it's been, been, been in the ground I've not actually no it's a great, it's a great weekend. It's a great atmosphere, and it's it's one right team in the, in the city. Yeah. They wear the strip everywhere. Yeah. You go into the Ben shop; they're all wearing Newcastle tops. It's fantastic. Oh, all the pubs full of uh, Newcastle fans. Really great. I like Aberdeen. No, <laughs> <laughs> poor old well, Aberdeen. Right, let's talk Motherwell now. What's your game at the weekend? Leanne, you've got a couple of games. Queen's Park here tomorrow night, yep. and the uh, radio Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon. I'll be across all the games. And with Motherwell Women's? Motherwell, we play Hearts at home on Sunday. Big one again big, for us. Big game. Yep. Right, we've got uh, Hugh, uh, a Motherwell fan, is on the line after Motherwell's defeat last night. So at the bottom of the table, Dundee United on 20, Motherwell on 20, and Ross County on 21, Coman at 23. Hugh, good evening. Good evening, how are we? Oh, we're, we're here for you, Hugh. We're here for you. We're here. <laughs> we're, we're a West of Scotland station and great affection for the well. But it is a worry. Were you at the match last night? Uh, unfortunately, yes. My eyes hurt at oh. this moment in time. Uh, so does my head. I think, obviously, I, I was driving home from work and I heard Andy was obviously there last night. So he'll appreciate the pain I went through. Um, and he was, in, in watching that, I wouldn't even call it a game of football for Mullow. Uh, I actually quoted on their Facebook Twitter page that I could put an over 35 sp- football team together that would beat them. And I'm talking about players who are over 35 years of age, who doesn't train every day, who just plays on a Friday night, once a fortnight, who would beat them. The heart, the desire. Yeah, I'm actually sorry that um, McGinn isn't in the studio tonight because mm-hmm. I would have told him to go and speak to his brother to make sure his brother speaks to the media and apologises to the fans after calling for the fans to come out and support the club. Which, if you check the stats, we are 14% higher in attendance than what we were last year. So the support's there, the players aren't. No fight, no desire, not interested. Stevie Hamill, love the guy to bits, yeah. over 500 games for the club, clueless in management, 
and I sometimes put this down to the board as well for the appointment, who hasn't appointed somebody experienced for them. And it's, show, it's been shown for weeks, for months even, that the Kilmarnock game, I think I spoke to you about this, yeah, we're 2 nothing yep, up, yep. cruising, they get a man sent sure. off, we're still 2 nothing up, we're, we don't then say, no, we're, let's change the game, we stick to the same tactics we've got, yep. they score two quick goals within four minutes, they then make five subs within that game, we make one sub in the 87th minute mm. to see out a two-each draw against ten men when you're 2 nothing up at home. Yeah. Not good enough. That shows the inexperience of Stevie Hamill. Last night was the worst performance I have ever seen since Morris Malpass was there. Ever? Wow, that since is then. the worst performance yeah. I have seen. And considering where we were against Tibbs in the first game, where we applauded the team off for a performance they put in, and we could beat 3-2 that game. It's a cracking game. I remember, yeah. We applauded the team okay. off the first game at Fir Park this season to come to that. The demise in this team is unbelievable. Okay, I'm going to put it to Andy then. Andy, you were there last night as well. Um, we can talk about last night, all, mm-hmm. all night. I guess the question is, what can they do about it? Can somebody support Stevie Hamill? He needs help. Well, uh, if, Stevie, if Stevie wanted uh, support, I'm sure they would uh, make something happen. Uh, he's got Brian Kerr there. Um, I, I'm worried for Motherwell because I think when you listen to Hugh there, he's obviously seen a lot of Motherwell. Uh, they're on a dreadful run. What is that? No wins in 10, 11 games? 10 games. Um, they have won once at home uh, this season. They've only scored, what, 10 goals in the 11 games that they've played at home. It's a it's a really poor record and you're not seeing Van Veen getting a, enough uh, supply. Uh, Crankshaw has come in, uh, didn't see a lot. Danzaki, didn't see a lot from him last night. Jack Aitchison, uh, I don't know what he's going to offer uh, Motherwell, but they're in trouble. And they go to Pataudry at the weekend. I know they won there earlier in the season, I think, but you know Aberdeen will be fired up for it. Every game is so crucial now because there's, there's not a team in the Scottish Premiership that are on a worse run uh, than Motherwell. And I, I, I'm not sure uh, Stevie would welcome any outside influence unless they, they said, look, you need to get someone in uh, just to help out. But... I'm sure that uh, he wants to go on with it, uh, with himself and his current coaching staff. Leanne Stewart Kettlewell's in the building as well. Somebody was on the other night suggesting, is he allowed to help the first team? <laughs> that I'm unsure of. Um, I don't know how much input um, Stewart would have. I know working alongside him, listen, I'm in the club, I'm, I'm not yeah. in and around the men's side of things too often. Of course, they're under pressure. Um but what I do know is if, if I was in Stevie Hamill's position and, and under the immense pressure that he will be in and will be under and the fact that he's got that emotional affiliation with the club yeah. as well, I would be doing everything that I possibly could. And, and I'm saying this as me, maybe yeah, is sure. maybe is yeah. asking for help, um, maybe is listening, but I would be getting as much help as I, I possibly could and having conversations with people you know, that have been in that position. And, and of course, Stuart Kettlewell is one of those guys that has been in that position around the relegation zone that has gained promotion from the championship, that has been in pressure moments where ultimately it then came the point that he, he lost his job. So I think if you can take anything from these guys and learn and learn quickly, um, you need to do it because, it, you know, the clock's ticking and 
I don't want to see Motherwell down that bottom end of the table. I don't want to see them struggling. I thought, and I, and I spoke about it on Saturday, I, f- I feel when the split comes that they will still be okay. Right. Because I, when I look at even the signings that they've brought in and, and the likes of Abika that are there, um, I thought there was too much pressure on Kevin Van Veen to be the one that produces yeah. all the time. I, I'm looking at the, the team as well from last night. I know Dan Zuki came in, McKinstry dropped out. McKinstry's probably won for me over... Recent weeks that I've thought it gives you something, he produces that wee bit of spark, looks to try and unlock the door and create something. I do think when it comes to it, they'll be fine. But what the Motherwell fans don't want and they don't deserve just now is to be, as Hughes described, turning up at games and, and going home really disappointed yeah. with what they've seen. You, we've heard you on the programme a number of times. You love your football, you love your Motherwell. I've never heard you so frustrated, angry. What would you like to see happen? There's been a lot of things that haven't gone your way. Some of the loans people have had to go back. Louis Malt, it didn't work out. Matt Penny's away again. Do you think you've got the squad there who could? No. You don't? Absolutely no, no chance. No. no chance. And I, I know Leanne says we'll be fine. And Leanne, I, I totally respect you for what you've done in football, Glasgow City, etc. And what you're doing at Fir Park, I, I love you best for that. But watching that team week in, week out, I do not see any fight in those players now. You mentioned Stuart McKinstry there. I'll give you an example of Stuart McKinstry. He comes on another week there and plays 45 minutes. Scores a goal. Tierney scores a goal. Stuart McKinstry gets man of the match. Next game, dropped. Seriously. Mm -hmm. Gets man of the match two games after that he plays. Again, dropped last night. You're thinking, what what has Stevie Hamill seen that we're not? Is he not doing anything at training? Because as Leanne says, he he brings a spark to us. I've said on here as well, we need somebody in midfield who's going to knock the ball about, bring the ball down, never mind passing back. And we ended that game last night, sorry to diverse, we ended mm. that game last night with three right backs in the field. Yeah. Three right backs. Why? One of them was playing left yeah. back at the start. Yep. Blaney got injured, who's left footed but playing right side of defence. Wrong. We've not brought in a central dominating centre half. And I don't understand why, because we're shipping goals for fun. And we don't know how to defend. St Johnston last night loved it. Lumped the ball up. Their two central defenders absolutely dominated that game. Boom, header, not out the road. Away they went. That was an easy game for last night. Uh, Remy and Matthews in goals. They could have actually sat in the changing room and watched the game. Not one save he made. Not one. One, one, one yeah. shot on target uh, the whole night. And it was a comfortable save for uh, yeah. Remy Matthews. And, now, and that's even, the... even asked Andy says there about our home form. St Johnston have won more games at Fir Park this season than what Mullow has. Oh That's shocking. Mm. Now, you keep on saying it with Stevie Hamill, he sticks to a 4-3-3 formation. We do not have the place for a 4-3-3. I've been crying out to put two strikers on that we need. And even Leanne says that Van Veen, he can't do it himself. No. We played Corner Shields out of position on the right-hand side. And I feel sorry for Corner Shields in a way that Fans were on his back, and I was—I was probably one of them as well because I, I needed—I thought he was going to give us more. But he's been playing the right-hand side of midfield and a front three that we never played a front three. Put the guy through the middle, give us a chance. He took Van Veen off last night and put a beak on when we're chasing a game of football. Yeah. And I thought I, I physically can't understand it. Is Van Veen injured? Do you not want to do it? Uh, and I think I, that's been the issue here. Sorry, is that Van Veen at times probably has come down to fitness. Where he, he's been in and out the team where he picks up knocks and niggles and it, there's been a real frustration around that. What I heard a, a lot of people speaking about as well and listen, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Fir Park pitch but when you look at teams like a Livingston, for example, or Kilmarnock, they play in the turf and I'm not for one minute saying that I want 
Fir Park ripped up and, and turf put down but a lot of teams actually enjoy coming to Fir Park it's so good love it and yeah. that is a home team when you're in the position that you're in now is the worst possible scenario it should be you your want advantage to, you, yeah. uh, you want that yeah. to be your pitch you want that to be a fortress you want your fans to be behind you you want the way you're playing the way you move the ball to complement the pitch um, and, and right now teams are, are, are coming and they're moving the ball and, and they're feeling good you know whereas even um, McDermott Park for example is it's not great condition no. now so if you go to Fir Park and it's um, a lot better it suits other teams and I just think that for all Motherwell we've, we've tried to do the right things but when you're you're down that bottom end of the table everything can go against you Leanne thinks that they can't turn it around Hugh we're going to have to go to the news in a second Andy can they turn it around will they? Well, I really hope so. Yep. Uh, the form needs to improve. I think they're capable of it. Uh, I don't know what Jack Aitchison's going to do, but he's been given an opportunity. I know he was the youngest goal scorer at right. uh, Celtic. 16. But, yep. uh, this is an opportunity for him to, to score at the highest level in Scotland. Uh, Van Veen, I think, is always going to play. You need more from Crankshaw, mm -hmm. who came in from Stockport. And you need to see a bit more from him. And I agree with you. Maybe McKinstry deserves more uh, more game time more uh, from the start because uh, you know Motherwell were behind after what five minutes yeah. last night and they were chasing their tail for, for so long after it Hugh sorry we've run out of time thanks for calling speak to you soon yeah good luck The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors find your nearest dealership at macklinmotors.co.uk Let's go there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom now open on Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. Let's go! Well, you know the scores from last night. Sir a big 3-1 win at Aberdeen. They move up the table four spot now. Celtic 3-0 against Livingston. Rangers 3-0 at Hearts. Kilmarnock a one goal victory over Dundee United Danny Armstrong and Motherwell nil St Johnston 2 we were speaking with Hugh just before the news there Stephen Reside has been on as well not a happy Motherwell fan and really worried they're really passionate you can hear it it's so important Leanne isn't it every football club people love their teams and the idea of Motherwell maybe going down was uh, you know they, they just can't countenance that no you don't want to think about it um, no you're right every team has got their, their set of real loyal supporters as well um, and Motherwell are one of those teams they're really lucky the way that the, the fans come out and support them you could hear the frustration in, in Hugh's voice as well that he felt the fans are are still really um, behind the team and it's performances that are certainly letting them down but I still do believe I know I said that earlier yeah. on I do believe that they will have enough when the split comes round um, and it comes to that dogfight with the, the teams in and around them some new signings that came in in that transfer window as well you hope they start to find a bit of form over the next couple of games but as I say the clock is ticking starting this weekend at Petordry which could be good Andy or it could be difficult if they get a bounce back under Barry Robson it's hard to, to read yeah, isn't it well maybe Mother will want to play away from home yeah. they've won four games on the uh, on the road yeah. uh, Aberdeen are under a bit of pressure 
But if I'm looking at it now, I'd, I'd fancy Aberdeen to, to win that yeah. one. Stephen has been on the socials at Go Football Show and also on his own uh, on Twitter saying two wins in 20, three home leave wins since Boxing Day 2021. Um, uh, he said, I've never seen a fan base so resigned to relegation. Yeah, and it was strange at the start of the season with Graham Alexander where they gave him the window, they got players in and then they binned him Evil. You know, after the uh, European defeat. And, you know, the, the maybe the writing was on the wall in the earlier part of the year, the calendar year, when you know the form was, was so poor. And maybe that was the, the time to, to make a change in the summer and get someone in that uh, could have gone at it right from pre-season. Rangers fans are pretty happy today after a 3-0 win last night. That could have been tough. John Harson in that seat just a couple of nights ago said, well, Rangers might drop something and it could have happened, but Rangers were on top. Uh, the manager's been speaking about the team, the way they won and the squad update. Yeah, has to be back training today, so we just gave him a couple of days after the weekend because he had quite a few heavy days into it. Um, and then he played at the weekend. It was important to give him a couple of down days. He was never going to be involved in last night's squad. So he'll train for a couple of days now. We'll see. Kamaru's back outside with the team, albeit unopposed, but that's really good sign. So if he has uh, a couple of days now unopposed, you might look him for the weekend if we had to. If not, we'll just push for next week. But that's really, really pleasing news. So on the back pages, it's uh, Morellas. He's two goals last night. Here's the manager speaking about his form. Just playing regular and and just enjoying his football, and we're creating a lot of chances. I think he could probably have a few more goals, if I'm honest, and uh, and that's probably drove him. That's two away at Kilmarnock and then two away at Hearts in the last couple of difficult away games. I'm over the moon with Alfredo at the moment. He's no bother to me around the building. So far, so good. Uh, Antonio's waiting on the sidelines. He's not 100% fit, but. It's difficult, you know, when the centre forward's in so such good form, it's not really an area you'd, you'd, you know, you'd voluntarily rotate. So it's difficult for Tony, but earlier in the season, the reverse was true and Tony was scoring a lot. So it's a good place for us to be in. Leanne, what are you thinking, Rangers? With regards to the, the, strikers, the strikers and the yeah. options, yeah, no, yeah. Michael Bale's spot on. It's the place that you, you want to be if they're in form and that happens if you get the opportunity, i.e. Cholak drops out the team and Alfredo Morelos comes in and he takes that opportunity, then at times it's hard to, to get the jersey back. But what you want is, is players there and, and ready and waiting for that opportunity. If it is a game that you're struggling to find the breakthrough, they didn't have that same problem last night. But you want players there that can come in, certainly with that ammunition and, and, and go and unlock a door. And right now, Michael Beale seems to be getting that players back from injury. Kmar Roof has, has been really unfortunate with the run of luck that he's had with injuries. It, it just seems it's one setback after another when he gets back. But football can be like that at times. Um, but no, the squad is, is certainly getting stronger. I wonder what it does to the strikers when the manager says, look, I want another striker. Hope to get him, but maybe not in this window. I mean, we do know some of them will go, will have to go, but they do need to strengthen. He's going to need money for that, isn't he, this summer? Of course they do. But I think any any striker, they're always, for me, the players at, at times are the most confident yeah. and that they back mm -hmm. themselves. And, and if they're scoring goals, they, they have that confidence. So you've got to back yourself. It doesn't matter who comes through the doors. You've got to believe that you can perform and, and you can play the best for the team, that you'll score the most goals, you'll take the opportunities, even when very little come um, through the door, that you'll, you'll knock them home. And that's what Alfredo Morelos, as an example, has been able to do for Rangers for the time that he's been there. He's been a top striker. It's just been the last probably 
year, you would say, um, where his performances have fluctuated up and down. Different managers have, have got a different tune out of him and he hasn't offered that same level of consistency. Andy, I wonder what market he'll go into for the striker. He said he knows somebody that he wants. He's obviously not going to say who it was. You wonder, with Celtic going you know, to Japan, South Korea, I wonder if Rangers would go that route. Yeah, we've always promoted the likes of Shankland and Nisbet, but yeah. I think you heard him the other day saying out with uh, Celtic Rangers, he, he doesn't think there's anyone in the Scottish League to improve his uh, striker, so he's uh, absolutely entitled to, to that judgment. And no doubt he's got a good knowledge of players all across England, maybe one or two abroad. And it, It's a constant process, the amount of people that are looking at the potential signings for every club you need to be constantly aware of who's available, what they might cost. And uh, I think the best part is to try and get them in as early as you can so that you can go into the whole of the pre-season uh, knowing how you, want to, uh, how you want to want to play. And he's buying himself time, isn't he, as the manager? He's yeah. come in, things were not going well, um, so he's done nothing wrong. So he can get money, he needs money in the bank, but he, he's got that uh, well of goodwill because they're winning. Yeah, and I think he needs, um, I mean, the, there's still a lot to aim for this season. Yeah. I, I think he needs a, a trophy. I think when you look at who he took over from, Giovanni Van Bronckhurst got Rangers to a European final and he also won a trophy. And, uh, you know, Rangers fans will accept that maybe the football wasn't good enough towards the end of his time, but uh, he did bring a trophy and he did give them European success. So um, that's that's a tall order to fill for, for Michael Beale. It's a sign of a good manager, I think, to come in and get players that are, are not necessarily your own group. And I know a lot of those players, as I've said previously, Michael Beale would have worked with and he would have been familiar enough with. But I think there's still been a number of changes since then. But to come in and get them playing to pick up results is good. And it shows that's positive signs for him, certainly coming in with the pressure that he carries coming into an old firm team um, and then you hope that you get this window where he's added one or two but I do as again as I said earlier on I think there will be a real push to strengthen the Rangers squad in the summer and that's where the bulk of the spend will be Well he's brought in Nicholas Raskin from Standard Liège he's been speaking about him and when the Rangers fans are going to see him Yeah hopefully that'll come through I know they've got a backlog Um so hopefully uh, a few nagging emails and they'll push that to, to the front because obviously after transfer window there's quite a few players coming in but he's an exciting one to have. Uh, we've got him forever, not just Saturday so I know that people will be desperate to watch him but a little bit like Todd, I've got to respect that we've already got a good team and they've got to come in and earn their way to play in it as well and, that, and that's what should happen. Is this a Brexit casualty? It's just that the rules have changed, haven't they, about people coming in to work in this market. So Nicholas Raskin. Andy, we spoke about him last week. Looks as though he could be a really good signing for Rangers. Uh, Standardly, I didn't want to lose him, but I know they kind of fell out some yeah, months ago. Yeah, I don't know anything about him, and I think it's your duty as a, a manager of, of Rangers, Celtic, any club for that matter, just to give your supporters a change of the menu and be excited about coming along to see players be excited about how they can make a difference to your team and we'll all be keen to see how he fits into Scottish football. Rangers up against um, 
Ross County this weekend. Ross County, remarkable. They're doing this year what they did last year. They yeah, are. they are. They are, and they've got bodies in as well in the transfer window, which I think will be really important mm-hmm. for. I've watched a lot of Ross County this season, and there's been games that I've watched that I, I don't think they've performed badly. The, the lack of goals has, has been the killer for them. They just have lacked that cutting edge, but they've got reinforcements now. Um, Brophy's Brophy. there. And Simon Murray. Simon Murray has come in as well, you know, joint top goal scorer in the championship, 15 goals in his 22 appearances. So that's going to give you that boost that hopefully um, Malky McKay will be hoping can make the difference to his team. Gives you that pace as well and that raw energy up top. But I think Malky's put together a decent enough squad. They just lost a number of players last season and found it really difficult to replace them. And you're never going to get like for like replacements when you're operating in the the transfer markets that that Malky McKay will be at Ross County with the budget that he's got. But again, they're starting to pick up points at the right time. Did you see last night watching Hearts Rangers? You see that Celtic and Rangers. You know we lump them together. I know Ange Postecoglou said recently. You know that Celtic are um, on their own. I'm paraphrasing. So you've got Celtic and Rangers. And then did you see that golf last night, Andy? Would you say between them? Yeah, and Hearts. Yeah, I yeah. think you're you're seeing Rangers who that was a difficult one for them going to Tynecastle. Yeah. Having seen Hearts recently, might have been uh, a bit tricky. But not only did they win comfortably, but could have been more. And maybe the only surprise at Celtic being three up at half time was the fact that they didn't add to it in the second half. So you're just seeing these uh, two massive clubs getting stronger and stronger. And the idea of anyone trying to compete. I think you can compete in a 90 minutes. Only St Mirren have pretty much shown that, getting all three points, but that has to be the goal. You have to try and uh, upset them, And but it's not very often they drop points. I read the other day that somebody said at Celtic, was it Henrik Larson said to another player coming in, it was one of the top players, said it's like two white sharks in a goldfish bowl. Yeah, he was talking about Johan Malby. That was his... Um, that was his uh, advice to him. And he, he's dead right. And that was at a time where some of the foreign players we had then were absolutely magnificent. They gave you great memories. Some size of a goldfish bowl though, isn't it? With those two in it. But it's truly, and it's so hard for the other teams. You it know? is. It yeah. is. I, I do think Hearts have been dealt a, a sore one this season with the amount of injuries yeah. that they've got. Um, I think they've, they've got a really good squad. But when you come up against the old firm, I think what you need, regardless, again, you've got the, the differences in budgets and players and squad sizes and whatnot. You need Rangers or Celtic to not perform at their best and you need your players to be at the top of their game for the most part. And that last night was was probably one of the poorest Hearts performances that I've seen um, of late. And it's the best, as we've discussed, as, as Rangers have performed under Michael Beale, certainly. But losing players like Akami Devlin last night from Hearts is a huge loss yeah. and they don't have a player that can come in and replace and give you what he gives you. And then you're fitting um, certain players into positions that it's not their natural positions either. Um, but as I say, when Rangers and Celtic are bang at it and they start the game as quickly and as sharp as Rangers did last night, it's very difficult to live with them. There wasn't too much far-wise last night, was there? I don't know, there were a few things. Uh, we mentioned Ross McCrory earlier on. Ryan yeah. Kent one, Ryan wasn't Kent. What did you think about it? Yeah, it he went down. Yeah. Well, I think they get the decision right yeah. in the end. Yep, yeah, didn't look to me. I've, I've seen it from a couple of angles on the the highlights last night and it looked to me like it was the right call. That's where I would say it must be tough being a referee but maybe they should say immediately it would be easy to give a penalty. Well it's mad actually that players are are still simulating Mm -hmm. because they know that VAR is there so it's madness that you would do that because it's... it's I think you've got players at every club who are capable of 
21 are dubious fool. Yeah. We've had this and discussion like, over the years. Wrong wrong no, that's right. Andy is as a striker, a former striker. Anything wrong yeah. with it. And actually, well, if you're talking about referees, he got it wrong. So you're talking about the referee on Sunday at uh, Tanadice. Mm-hmm. He got both penalty decisions wrong. Mm-hmm. And listen, we've spoken about VAR a lot, but yeah. I think we need to use VAR a lot better. There's there's nothing wrong with the technology. The, the problem is the interpretation that the referees uh, are taking and it's it's been a poor introduction to Scottish football in my view yeah we spoke about it Monday night Tuesday night I was moving on from it but you're right at the weekend and Leanne you were on the you were in VAR duty yeah I was there was a bit of debate as well on Tuesday night with the Ross County equaliser mm-hmm. against Hibs I don't know if you've seen that one the foul on David Marshall yeah I, now was it I thought sorry. they were lucky to go away but I, did you yeah, yeah I thought mm-hmm. it was a foul but they piled in on him, did they? Or? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think the yeah. goalkeeper was fooled, but they got away with it. And, uh, you know, if that's someone else's view, then you just have to accept it. There's not a hard and fast rule. And again, I would just say we need to use VAR sparingly. Mm-hmm. Let's have a really high bar for yellow and red cards especially. I mean, Ross McCrory's, yeah. come on. The one yeah. last weekend at Ibrox. Yeah. Leanne, what it's did you a, think of the David Marshall? Well, it, it split opinion, I would need to say, on Tuesday night. And the angle that I seen of it, mm-hmm. I thought that David Marshall could have done better. I then looked at it again on in, in Wednesday morning and I probably thought differently. Also, when you look at the still images, which I know the referees are, they look at that as well. They're normally so protected as well, uh, goalkeepers. Yeah. As soon as you go near them, it's... Ross, uh, for, yeah. Ross County were really smart because what normally happens at any set-piece free-kick corner like that's probably more so a corner is that players are in and around the goalkeeper straight away um, Ross County gave David Marshall space and almost lured him into a false sense of security that he had time to come for the ball mm-hmm. but as soon as the run up happened Jordan White just makes a dash for David Marshall and, and comes in towards him and the, the both players that come together do I think impede him you know, but it's one, it, it will split opinion regardless. There'd be some referees in a VAR room that would look at that and think differently um, to they did on Tuesday night. And Ollie Johnson was was pretty frustrated about it. Malky Mackay said that David Marshall had left the pitch and had said that he had given his side a goal tonight. So almost as if David Marshall didn't think it was a foul on him. Right, um, yeah. Because I was going to say, you're not allowed to impede David Marshall. <laughs> He's a national hero. <laughs> Do you not remember <laughs> that save? He should touch football. Sorry, you can He's a national hero, national treasure, and he could be our goalkeeper again. Sorry, I pointed there, Liam. But <laughs> I mean, do he's you think he could, be? could he be our national keeper again? He could be. Yeah, we've got Cyprus coming up in Spain. Yeah. I would go to him. Yeah. Who's who's better? Hey, I watched I watched Kelly last night at Motherwell. Uh, Sander Clark. Sander Clark. I still think Marshall's better. Mm-hmm. Sander Clark did play well last night, yeah, didn't he? Did. he? Yeah, and a really tough game. I know there was one mistake. He's performed well since he's come into the team. I, don't know. I, I thought it was a strange decision sorry that yeah. he waited yeah. so long being without a club to then go in at Hearts where you couldn't see Craig Gordon being displaced but the fact that that is football and injuries do happen and he, he's had to wait his time but I thought he's looked really good since he's come into the team I don't know if Stevie Clark will want to go back to David Marshall and say come out of retirement we're struggling but we're also struggling elsewhere I mean Ross Stewart I think is out for the season Lyndon mm-hmm. Dykes has got uh, some sort of illness mm-hmm. uh, G. Adams has been in and out of the side. Great goal the other night, though, sorry. Great goal the other night, yep. but in and out of the team. Um, Kevin Nisbet injured again. We have got some 
problems up front. Okay, quick break and then we're back. More from Ange Postacoglu about Celtic's win last night and a bit more uh, on the transfer window. Andy Walker's final thoughts and Leanne Crichton too. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Book your service, MOT or repair online today at macklinmotors.co.uk. Let's go! Just having a coffee here in the Go Radio Football Studio. Well, Leanne Crichton is alongside uh, Andy Walker, myself, Paul Cooney. Is that something written in your uh, coffee cup there? Uh, <laughs> Another reject. Uh, Another reject. Home. Yeah, we're referring to Declan Gallagher, who was pictured. Uh, did he post it himself? With he was having a coffee. Of course, the former Aberdeen player scored last night. St Mirren winning. Two of them. So yeah, indeed. Me and Gallagher. Indeed, yeah. and had on it. Um, a good laugh, isn't Aberdeen it? Aberdeen reject. Was that a go at the club, or was it maybe some of the? Who would come out with such a statement? Reject. <laughs> We've all probably done it at some time. Yeah. Um, oh, so, yeah, oh, yeah. Sorry, I was oh, going no. to just say, Go Paul, on. those are the moments yeah. as a player, isn't it? You love. You yeah. absolutely mm. love because if they've come from a bit last night yeah. or they've, they've had something to say uh, and you go and get such a, a big win as it was for St Mirren yeah, getting up to And I listened to Curtis Main speaking after the game as well, spoke about his time there, the frustration um, and his celebration was more the joy in the fact that it was a, a release from the fact that he was really disappointed with his time there and that he didn't feature more and that he couldn't get on the score sheet. So, you know, they've, they've, they've gone, they've moved on, they've got a brilliant result. Enjoy it. He cupped his ear a couple of times, didn't he? Does that bother us? No, I know we talked about it earlier. Do we Big want win. on the pitch? What are we going to say about St Mirren? They're sort of quiet assassins, aren't they? We, you know, we don't. Paul, honestly, don't, I yeah. got it so wrong about them yeah. when I saw them towards the end of last Same. season, especially yeah. after the the break. Yeah. I thought they will struggle next season. I don't know if the players were with uh, Stephen Robinson, but they absolutely are. They give them, they give them everything and then a bit more. And to see them, what six points behind Hearts, yeah. and they've got a game in hand. So, um, you know, they won't be looking down. They'll be thinking, can we get to Hearts? We, Hearts got a lot of good publicity, I think quite rightly so. But St Mirren, if they could, uh, you know, just get a, a, another couple of notable victories, they could be on their coattails. How was the window for them? They lost Erehan, for example. So, But when you look at the table, Celtic 67, Rangers 58, Hearts 39, St Mirren 33, Livingston 32 mm -hmm. and then Hibs 31 and then Aberdeen in 29. So, and their form at home has been great. Brilliant. To win away last night was big. Excellent. Yeah, no, and it's on the road. Um, certainly the form hasn't been as good as at home but I would need to agree with Andy and, and their League Cup performances at the start of the season as well. I worried for them. I think actually when I offered a prediction for how the season would go. I'm sure I had them down there in the relegation. Yeah, so it's based on performances. So, you know, much um, credit to, to Stevie Robinson because he's now got a team that looks like a Stevie Robinson team. They play very similar to, to probably the way Motherwell were under his time there. A really tough side to play against with an identity defensively, very strong, robust units across the pitch, a much togetherness. And I heard his interview last night and you know what, he's probably right because he says we get all those plaudits for, for that's the team that we are but actually we've got some really good technical players as well and, and you have to go to places like Pataudry and pick up a win regardless of it being against 10 men which at times probably makes it tougher because they, they naturally drop off the game and sit in. You need to be able yeah. to move the ball to get those breakthroughs yeah. and that's what Mirren managed to it's do. It's strange when you look at the table and the stats that it throws up. Yeah. I mean, they've lost once at home. Mm -hmm. That was the first game of the season against Motherwell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And do you know that Motherwell have won more away from home than St Mirren have? Football's crazy. So Motherwell that, yeah. have won four times four, away right. from home. St Mirren. St Mirren have only won uh, a couple. Wow. 
it's uh, it's extraordinary. And you look where Motherwell are on the table, and St Mirren just uh, those six points mm. behind Hearts. It's, it's a remarkable turnaround. They're going to be top six. Do you think? I, I predicted they'd be fourth at the beginning of February. No, I didn't. I'm just. <laughs> no. I think you're guaranteed. Yeah. Celtic Rangers, obviously. Yeah. Hearts and Mirren. Mm-hmm. I think they're pretty much guaranteed. After that, Livy, Livy, Hibs, and Aberdeen. Could St Johnson go up there? I don't think so. So um, is Tony Watt going to revive his career there? He Did well at Motherwell. Yeah, didn't happen. At but he United. seems to make a move from time to time. Mm-hmm. Make an impact at most clubs. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a a few goals there. He seems to. Uh, well, Stephen Robinson seems to get the best out of him how many clubs has he had no we're only on till he's, 7 we don't have enough time do he's we he's played for half of the Scottish Premiership teams just now she knows her stuff Andy and between now and the end of the show Andy you've to name them that's right some of his I'm clubs just right, to go right. for it Celtic uh, Celtic yeah. obviously St Mirren now Airdrie. he's played for he doesn't believe me Airdrie he definitely Airdrie. went there he was there but they're not yeah. no the top this top, top premiership he's played six, for United six of, six of these 12 teams I should pay attention more sorry because we're going to go on the <laughs> it's not only you that ask the questions sorry, so that's I why know, I've thrown exactly. you Shush, United and Motherwell yep. okay we'll come back to Andy we're not that bothered right here's Andy's post to no I did ask I, I know I asked with John Hartson the other night he was asking for tickets for I'm talking about tickets for the game I'm like John we'll do that after after the game and then the Darville manager was in today Celtic 3-0 last night against Livy and do you know how many clubs Tony Watt had again another strong performance um, as you said we, we started the game really well and uh, controlled it and you know got our goals and you know I thought yeah again we controlled in the second half obviously we didn't get the goals but you know, um, you know they still sat back even at 3-0 so it was hard for us to sort of get the space we needed but even then you know, we still had some chances Celtic on 67 points a number that they like very much and I'm sure you do too Regan good evening Paul it's great to be on thanks for having me on great to have you on what are you thinking tonight I just wanted to speak to you guys about the Celtic game last night and speak about uh, VR as well Paul but yeah I thought Celtic played very played very well last night Paul yeah they got uh, I think I don't think anybody will beat them the rest of the season, but um, I think they're playing that with that. Uh, yeah, well, I think what well, building is a very, a very, very good team. Um, it, it sure is. They will be very hard to beat, and, and you know, including uh, yeah. the, the, what was the, the uh, what was the VAR problem, Regan? For for me, I don't know what I don't know why Andy, but they took about two or three minutes to. If Kyogo's goal was stand and, and oh, right. just a little bit strange for me, and also I did see. Um, uh, uh, I mean, you, I mean, you seen it as well. There's been a few times in the Scottish Premiership this season, and well, it's been far too long. Yeah, I think you're right, Regan. I've I've seen it far too often when you can look at goals and give a decision within ten seconds, and they're looking at it for. 90 seconds so I totally understand your frustration also totally accept every goal is looked at and they go back a, you know a certain distance to I think I think the phrase is when they've it's a attacking phase of an play an attacking phase of play so uh, yeah. they'll, look, they'll, they'll go back last as night, far as that and look for a problem last night Regan I think they looked at a possible foul I can't remember who the Livingston player was it was in possession of the ball before it was dispossessed and then Matt O'Reilly yep. plays the ball over the top um, but again, you know what it's like. There's been some incidences over the, the last couple of days that we've spoke about. 
that maybe in first viewing you think that there is contact, you look at it again, you're unsure. But you're right, the time that these decisions take, and especially when you're a fan inside the ground, I think when I've, I've, I hear from a lot of people, that's a frustration. You know, some people, when they, they, they haven't experienced it, but then they've gone along to a game, and it's the complete unknown. We had a funny one at, uh, at Motherwell last night, where there was obviously a VAR check on a potential, I think it was a potential penalty, and the referee had blown his whistle, and the play had started again for a few seconds. And then the Tannoy announcer said, VAR check, oh. potential, potential penalty. Yeah. And the game had already kicked off. Had moved on. Yeah. You know what the Celtic fans say? They'll go back far enough to find an infringement against Celtic. That's what, <laughs> that's what Reagan feels. Oh, and there has been loads about that. But there are decisions that go against, go for you in a, a game with Morton at yep. the beginning, uh, which they were also saying We, we can well. only hope, Reagan, that uh, it gets better. This yeah. is the first season. We're into the first uh, number of months of it. And I just hope we can learn to be better with uh, the technology. Are they listening to know. people? You know, I don't know. Reagan, because last night, I, I, I get it, I just saw highlights and you wonder what it was and then they did run it back to that. You think, well, they are looking for, I mean, this is all the games. I, yeah. I was joking there, but they, no, I know. that's what I know. it is. But they are looking for incidents instead of looking yeah. at incidents. No, I know. It's, they're searching for things yeah. and that's yeah. what I went back to that, the handball at the Morton. Yeah. Thank you. Celtic game yeah. or Celtic Morton game. Um, I felt like for two and a half minutes the the VAR um, referee was searching for a handball as opposed to looking at it and and clearly seeing that there was there was nothing there to see. Um, but then they, they agreed that it was a, a penalty and whatnot. That, so there's there's a real frustration. There's a real inconsistency just now for me. And I actually think for us as pundits that are across it, it's it's making our jobs more difficult. Especially would, on a weekend, I'm across yeah. maybe six games at the one time, and as a former footballer, I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking for definite that's not a penalty yeah. or that's not a handball, that's not a red card, and the completely opposite decision happens, and that's my interpretation of the game as I've played it at the highest level, and I don't understand just now so, what referees how they're interpreting some of the laws of the game. You two know the game so well, Reagan, all three of you. Leanne, why don't you go in for refereeing? I know it's a slightly, yeah, it's slightly glib, but would you ever consider it? The time frame to get to the top of the game, I think it should be more accessible for ex-players yeah. or players that come out of the, the game at different levels to get there. But to get to the top of the game, it takes whatever, seven years, something like that, training, and then you're only refereeing until a certain point. I think there's a cut-off age. They've maybe increased that now, oh. but I think it was mid 40s yeah. possibly early 40s they could easily um, increase that though they could they fitness could. these days yeah. listen I, I wouldn't yeah. have been interested in being a referee it's just not something I, I wanted to do but I, I would say again take a leaf out of how they handled the World Cup set the bar really high let the game flow uh, there were some challenges that you thought Scottish football English football that would be that would be definitely it stopped looked at but I thought it was refereed well in the World Cup, and um, I think that's that's the target we should we should look at. Just using VAR sparingly, and I think we can all accept, you know, offsides. There's a you're on or you're off. It's a fact, and no matter how tight it is, you're on or you're off. I think most people will will accept that. 
Ange is speaking about your captain. Regan, I'm going to ask you in a second or two. Here is the manager speaking about Callum McGregor. Who took a wee knock last night? Is he okay? Yeah, just got a whack on the nose and, um, you know, he's fine. And, um, yeah, it was a good time to, to sort of give Tamaki a bit of a run and um, obviously uh, get some, a few more minutes. So if we can get some minutes into these guys who, who have just come in, they'll help us um, down the stretch. 401 games, your captain. What do you feel about Callum McGregor? Uh, Paul, I think McGregor's been absolutely... I think he's been amazing for Celtic. I mean, I was on the programme when you guys announced that McGregor was going to be the captain and I think it was a big, a big moment for Callum because Scott Brown has big uh, shoes to fill but he's done very well, Paul. And I think if you're Callum as well, I think you'll see how he's uh, time as a, a professional football player. Uh, I think he'll be at Celtic for the rest of his time and I think he'll go down as one of the best Celtic players to ever play the game because he's got 400 appearances there must be like 20 odd trophies as well Paul and that can't be underestimated That's phenomenal it was a big moment for us as well getting a story that night it was great to, to break that news that he was the captain he is phenomenal Andy is, Fantastic. There, is there one mover in him in a year or two do you think? I think he's he maybe uh, when Brendan Rodgers had him under his wing I thought he might have moved then but uh, I think he seems quite settled in Glasgow he seems uh to be relaxed about being a successful Celtic player, playing for the national team. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I think he, he could go on and get another 400, couldn't he? Mm-hmm. He seems the kind of player that's not fussed about going elsewhere. Yeah. He, he looks to me like a, a, a guy and a, a player that's content doing the job that he does, so driven, so determined to be the best that he, he can possibly be every day. I think he's a perfect role model to any young aspiring footballer the loyalty that he's shown as well because I, th- I think there would have been moments in his career that he could have moved on or he could have taken that opportunity and he's probably a player for me that I would have loved to have seen him in the English Premier League just to show how good he is because we take so much pride in, in the likes of John McGinn that have went yeah. down there um, Billy Gilmer's went down at a young age and it, you know has probably struggled to a point but I think Callum McGregor at the stage that he was at in his career as, as uh, Andy was alluding to there under Brendan Rodgers he could have gone around that same time but he hasn't he's shown that loyalty as I say he's still as driven and determined as ever he's an outstanding performer he's probably for me the, the key member in the Celtic team and he sets the standards and he speaks so well um, and you can any player that speaks about him They've always got really good things to say about them. Regan, thanks so much for calling. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.co.uk. Choose and reserve your next used car online today for a fully refundable £99. Let's go! Paul Cooney with Leanne Crichton, Andy Walker. Chris producing tonight, assisted by young Owen, who's been with us all this week. He's done some match reports for us last night. I think they're excellent. Well, I'll tell you the, which ones you want. The Motherwell one. Well, I tell you, because you were like there. Jota, not again, are we going over that again? He does, okay, no, no, we won't go on <laughs> again. He looks like Jota, doesn't he? He does, doesn't he? But a bit taller, he's a yeah. six foot three. Yeah, yeah. 16. He's in a grow bag overnight. <laughs> He'll be six foot five tomorrow. <laughs> oh, and thanks for all your help this week here on the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Thanks for everyone who's making the switch. Exciting times, Leanne. More and more people tuned in to the programme. Uh, that's you on a Saturday but no when you're in here with us as well and Andy stayed with us in the transfer window what did you make of the transfer window overall north and south of the border I mean £107 million players well it's astonishing isn't it the amount of money that (laughs) they've spent down there when you think that 
Chelsea, did they not spend more than every other yes. league combined? Mm, that's right. That, yeah. Uh, just shows you where the money is. More than La Liga, Bundesliga, Serie A. Yeah. Um, and nonsense, isn't it? I made that up about it. And Divisi. you're struggling <laughs> yeah. for Chelsea and Liverpool to get in the top four this season. Right, yeah. Uh, well, the probably will they get there? Do you think they will? I don't. I don't think Liverpool will. Mm. Chelsea are capable of going on a run, but it's definitely uh, Arsenal and City mm. top two. And then you're looking at. I mean, Newcastle would be a great story to get in there. And Man United, Tottenham. I don't know. What's your thoughts on Graham Potter? Uh, I really hope they give him more time because the turnaround he made at Brighton and you can still see it mm -hmm. in Brighton sure. has been absolutely magnificent and uh, I hope he's given time to turn it around and uh, amazing that Billy Reid is yeah. his yeah. assistant after mm. all that time he did at, uh, at Hamilton number two so you get the yeah. big makeover there didn't you you ah, can yeah, tell he's yeah. down Carnaby Street <laughs> if that still exists and West End of London <laughs> and things but Very good on Billy Reid ex-manager uh, of the Glorious Ackies what do you think <laughs> do you think Graham Potter can do it he started so well and then it's been I think tough, it just shows you the difference between a Brighton yeah. manager and a Chelsea manager that mm. you probably won't get the same level of patience in time albeit I think the club just now are showing him a bit of patience but I don't think you'll get much more I think this transfer window he's absolutely got to deliver top four at a minimum um, but it's an astronomical amount of money to spend in a January transfer window where people try and tell me that it's not a good window <laughs> to right. buy players and spend money uh, and Chelsea produce that over 800 million 300 odd from one team as you mentioned Chelsea and Mudrich there as well he's hardly been mentioned and yet terrific player as well, we, we saw we yeah. saw him in Glasgow up, yeah. up close and he, he looked all the, the quality and uh, you know the amount of money they paid for him is uh, remarkable but he'll, he'll do well there he's a special player the Saints took the lead after just five minutes. This is uh, Owen's report of the game uh, at Motherwell when Dre Wright's cool finish went into the far corner with help from the post. I like it. That's good. Are we going to get Chris, an every show? Because I, I've been going through them as we've been It'll be difficult across he's, the games. And he's flying home tomorrow. But we'll, we can we'll take we'll them see. via email, surely. <laughs> yeah, keep uh, Celtic 3-0. A fantastic finish into the far corner from Greg Taylor after sustained pressure from Celtic uh, Rangers. Alfredo Morel has opened the scoring with a thumping header from a delightful Ryan Kent cross following a bright start for the Jers. I like it. Very it's good. good very good. And no bias anywhere. <laughs> no, and he's very, very fair. <laughs> Uh, the first game for Aberdeen following the departure of Jim Goodwin, which is true. The game started lively. Ross McCrory sent off for the Dons within seven minutes. Grant, is it Grant Irvin that was a referee in the yeah. Aberdeen game last night? Uh -huh. He would yeah. enjoy this bit as well. Ross McCrory was shown a straight red card after yeah. seven minutes following yeah. a wild challenge. Yeah. <laughs> and we were saying earlier, it's not a red. <laughs> Leanne, you could give a few tips to someone at Pacific Key about how to keep it tight on a Saturday afternoon. The Go Radio Football Show on a Thursday evening. Paul Cooney, Leanne Crichton and Andy Walker looking forward to the games at the weekend now and looking back still to last night Greg Taylor terrific goal for Celtic he spoke afterwards to Celtic TV about the game I thought we had good control to be honest the whole first half it was just a matter of time of taking the chance or having a moment and once we got that first moment uh, it makes it more difficult for Livingston because their plan is to frustrate and then they've got to come out a wee bit more and we had the chance to capitalise that in the first half He's been fantastic this year and you know, he's continuing to improve continuing to learn and um you know, he's, uh, he gets into these good areas and he can finish, which uh, it helps us because in a game like today, you know, you know, obviously the opposition will try and sort of negate our obvious uh, threats. And um, I think the beauty of it is, again, we're sharing the goals around and uh, it's not just our attacking players, but everyone's contributing. Andy, what must training be like at Celtic with so many players? I mean, how many have they got? Well, 
22. You could play any of them. Um, be yeah, you're competitive. Des- you're desperate just to get a, a starting spot, but you you see how. You see how dominant the big clubs are, and this works in England as well as Scotland with, what is it, nine substitutes that they can name. And pretty much you can bring on five international players. So I think that tells you just how far ahead it has helped uh, the big clubs, you know, uh, put that distance between them and the rest. And look at Celtic with somebody who played, a few players who played at the World Cup and this man played and scored. He's speaking, of course, about Dyson Maeda. He's always in the right areas, you know, and uh, he was tonight. You know, he just uh, is a constant menace if, if you're picking him up. Um, he's always going to be making those runs. He's always going to be in the areas he's supposed to be and that's why he gets his goals. I guess, Leanne, if you didn't see it, I know you did, it came off his face, but get into dangerous positions. That's it. He never gives anything up. He, he looks to go and press and harry and, and put defenders under enormous pressure constantly and at times it, it pays off for him with that. He said a bit of luck. I think there was one in the, was it the via play uh, semi-final against Kilmarnock that he's gambled at the back post. He went up with, with Kyle Lafferty and he gets the ball at the back post. Very similar in the fact that he anticipates that the ball will arrive at him. Other players would give that up and assume that other players were going to clear it and um, it wouldn't come through him. But he's always alive, he's always alert. Um, and as his manager describes, he's a menace. I was joking earlier on about the VAR thing because uh, Celtic will remember they got away with one when Gikamakis brought down a Kelly player, remember? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. And I, right at the end. I thought yeah. it was a penalty. Yeah. It, was a, it was a big moment because there was only a one goal advantage yeah, at that time, that's right. it? Yeah, it could have been uh, extra time. Greg Taylor was talking about the clean sheets six in a row for Celtic. A lot of boys contributing to that. It's not the, not just not just the defenders, not just Hartley. It's the whole team. You start, it starts with Kyogo's press and then Owen comes on and even the ones that there's been lots of boys contributing to that. So yeah, I'm really pleased with that. So looking forward to the games at the weekend. We'll go through the card. We'll get your predictions in a moment or two. Yeah, you fancy that for this weekend? Yep. Quick nod to Andy Considine. That will be his 600th game of his career on Sunday and I'm sure he will play against Celtic. That I know he's a Aberdeen guy and we mm. don't speak about him often down here, but he's a good pro. And actually, I think it was a mistake the way it was handled by Jim Goodwin he could still be playing for Aberdeen, still doing a job. When you look at the way Aberdeen played against uh, Darvo, there's a guy that could have driven others mm-hmm. on and made a bit of a difference. And he's he's still doing it at uh, St. Johnson. And the type of character that drives standards off the pitch. When you bring in a, a new group, um, new players into the group, you want them to integrate as, as well as you can. You want players there... Like we've spoken about Callum McGregor, the role that he plays at Celtic and, and setting the standards and letting these players know what the club's about and what the expectation is, what the fans expect. Andy Considine was that guy. Um, and rightly or wrongly, the circumstances around his, his departure, but I would agree with Andy. I think when Jim Goodwin perhaps looks back on his time at Aberdeen, that that might be one um, of the scenarios and situations that he would do differently. I thought you had great insight on that on Sportsend a few nights ago uh, with Willie Miller and Richard Gordon. Obviously, they both mm. uh, know and love Aberdeen. And I thought that was good insight. And he is somebody they pinpointed. It was one of the mistakes that Jim made, Andrew Constantine, who also gave us Yes or I Can Boogie, of course, <laughs> he did. Uh, with Scotland. For Rangers, big win last night. And it was a big win, wasn't it? That's they're playing against the third best team in the country. The man just talking about what he's been doing since he came in, problem solving. Each game's different and we have different problems to solve. You know, at home to St. Johnston, it was more possession-based game and you're beating a team that's maybe 
put in quite a few behind the ball. Yesterday, Hearts tried to go for us and we actually, most of our good play come off of our pressing and regaining. So it was completely different. To say that we can use that performance every game, it's, it's not true because, you know, in another game, maybe teams will sit off us and, and maybe not try to be as expansive. I thought Hearts' style and, and, and our style sort of clashed and, and we, we obviously were stronger on the night. Decent insight. Leanne, different styles. It is, and he's right. You know, and, and that's the bit for me at times with a, a modern day coaching manager. I, I struggle to understand that you can 100% have a style and a philosophy and an identity that never changes. That you've got a system and a formation that that's what we play and, and that's the issue. I think you can have the same system, but you need to tweak it and you need to apply it differently and in different games and use. Um, different personnel as Michael Beale spoke about earlier on with the likes of Fashion Sakala when you need that pace to go and exploit a backline or the likes of Todd Cantwell that are, are are better at exploiting and dropping into those pockets of space and having that freedom at times I, I think they've, they've, they've worked hearts well last night their, their preparation for that game and their uh, game plan was spot on and uh, you know credit to hearts because I think they see themselves now as a team that they do want to go and compete they do want to go and bridge that gap they don't want to beat Tynecastle in front of their own fans and, and park a bus and look to defend and play a counter-attacking football. They've got really good players within their ranks and uh, it was just one of those nights though that for them, Rangers were, were by far the better team. Michael Beale's able to use a few of the subs last night. Competition now beginning to come for places. I do like the five subs. It now gives you as a coach lots of options. Certainly if you're on the bench, you feel like you're closer to getting on if you like because you need the amount you can make. You can also make a bit of a pig's ear of it as well if you're not careful. You can sort of mess a game up. And, but no, I like it. I think players over the next few years in, in all clubs are going to be used to maybe playing 70 minutes and, and coming out, which they don't like. The three that I bought off last night weren't exactly over the moon about coming off, but I think it's important that you feed the squad and you show the competitions there. I think competition in training every day it raises the training level, the level of the games that we have in our 10v10s or whatever we do in training goes up and ultimately that pushes the performance levels and that's what I remember us building towards when I was here previously and it's what I've tried to do as soon as coming back in to add competition. Very frank, making a pig zero of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think one of the drawbacks of having the nine subs and bringing five on is that uh, we've spoken about it before, Paul, I love to see young Scottish players getting an opportunity when you've got a big squad, sometimes a bloated squad. The easy thing to do is to turn to another experienced player, maybe even an international player, and give them 20 minutes, give them 30 minutes. How often do you see Ange Postecoglou turn to his bench after after the hour mark? Sure. And um, we all want to see young Scottish players develop, not just at Celtic and Rangers, but elsewhere. And uh, I think... You know, having the, the five subs rule is sometimes difficult for them. It's very true, and we talked about it last week. If we Leanne, don't use it, yeah, we don't no. use it the way that the, the five sub rule could be implemented. Sure. We use it to, as Andy is alluding to there as well, you're getting five international players or you're, you're keeping a hungry squad. I don't think you're giving young Scottish players an opportunity. And even if it was two players from that five, perhaps, that were under, you know, 23 or under 21, yeah. that were, were part of that five, um, player selection it would make much more sense to me the time is rapidly going in we've only got two minutes left can't believe it Rangers then were speaking Rangers against Ross County Leanne Saturday what do you think at Ibrox Rangers yeah. for me yep yeah. Andy Absolutely. yeah Rangers by a couple of goals yeah Livy against Kilmarnock Andy what do you feel I'm going to go for a draw 
Go for a draw. Score draw, do you think? No, nil-nil. Okay, nil-nil. Livingston for me. Joel Newbley back in the bench last night. Been a huge miss, but they've, they've still motored without him at home. Livingston. Hearts Dundee United, Leanne? Um, I'm going to go Hearts. Yeah, Hearts. I think they'll be far too strong. The Hearts for me. The Hearts for you. And Aberdeen against Motherwell, my goodness. Yeah. I don't like yeah. seeing it, but I think Aberdeen will do it. I think they'll be motivated. I think it'll be 11 v 11. Uh, and, you know, watching Motherwell last night... Uh, I can't see them getting anything up there. I'm going to go Motherwell because I yeah. think Aberdeen I are, in, right. are in dire straits yeah. and I don't know where the defence will be come the weekend now that they've lost McCrory as well. Of course, yeah. And St Mirren against Hibs, Leon. St Mirren. St Mirren, yeah. Absolutely. No, I think their brilliant home. home form is excellent yeah. and I'm still not convinced. Uh, the jury's still out in Hibs this season for me. Andy? I'm going to go for Hibs. Yeah. I think you know, no one has bit we, as well remember yeah, yeah. we um, underestimate that 6-0 win against Aberdeen it's a poor sure. Aberdeen team but that's a really good win uh, for Hibs and the, the Aberdeen story took over the day but uh, I, I like seeing the big city clubs doing well so uh, I'm going to go for an away win mm. ok we'll look out for that and your game on Sunday St Johnson against Celtic Hey, Celtic by a couple of goals doesn't matter whether they're home or away I know it's a difficult surface it's really soft not the best but they've got the players we've already mentioned it you'll get five subs on probably and uh, Celtic will be fresh and they will surely have too much for St Johnson uh, Liam what do you think? Yeah I think Celtic mm. by a couple of goals Andy's right about the surface I don't think it will be as fluid and as slick as we see some Celtic performances certainly not Um over the course of the season when they've scored a barrel load um, but no Celtic for me and in your own division Leanne who's going to win and, uh, overall Glasgow City maybe this year or it's going to be really tight um, yeah. the, the result last weekend was a better result for them they drew 0-0 with Rangers and the point was much better I think they've still got that 7 point cushion just now Rangers have got a game in hand if you bring that down to 4 it'll be tight but I think under Leanne Ross just now they're looking a better organised and robust team than they had done earlier in the season. In your own game, Motherwell against Hearts? Against Hearts, we'll hope yep. to take something from that game, give Hearts a lot of respect this season, they're sitting fourth and they've made huge improvements, huge investment, but at home, you always need to fancy yourself. Tomorrow night, we'll see you on the telly, Andy, who's going to win? Queen's Park or Air United? Championship leaders. Well, I was so impressed with Air United last week, didn't Brilliant, see any of the action, but... Uh... I'm going to go to Queen's Park. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of knew he was going to say Andy that. Andy Walker logic, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. What do no, you think? I don't know, but we'll get goals. I know that. I know that. It'll be a cracking game. Really looking forward to it. Some more great gags uh, tomorrow morning uh, with Crofty and Grado. And then tomorrow night, it's Barry Ferguson's birthday today. So Marvelous. happy Sweet birthday to Barry. 45 today. 45? Yeah. Just, just a boy. Doesn't look a day over 44, does no, he? He doesn't. He's looking good. Uh, and he's here tomorrow night with Mark Guidi. Thanks very much, Marvelous. Andy. Pleasure. Thanks, Thanks Leanne. And thanks to everyone who called in tonight. The news is next. And then Joe Colday will see you and hear you tomorrow night at five. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.co.uk. Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice. 
insights from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton.